Welcome to Three Little Things, a natural health podcast. We've created this space to help you positively navigate the world of holistic and natural well-being, where each week we will explore something new and dive into a diverse range of holistic health topics from all walks of life. As chiropractors, we are equally passionate about helping educate, share and empower you on your well-being journey. Created with you in mind, Three Little Things aims to bring you digestible topics and applicable tools and strategies to help you grow, thrive and live well. So let's dive in. All right. Welcome back to part two with Adele. I'm Sarah and my co-host here is Lily and we're back for another episode on the Three Little Things podcast. Um, Adele, do you want to share a little bit about what we might be talking about today? Yeah, sure. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Lily. We'll be talking about the epigenetics of our lifestyle and how what we do and how we live influences how we how we have a healthy life or not and what Eastern philosophies or particularly traditional Chinese medicine has to say about how we can optimize our genetics, epigenetics. Cool. TCM um, is actually really close to my heart because in Malaysia where I grew up, um, when we were not well as um, young kids, our parents would just make a couple of phone calls and whoever had the first appointment, you know, would be the ones that we went to see. So we'd have to be pretty sick, by the way. So if the Western doctor had an um, appointment, we'd go there. If the Eastern doctor had an appointment, we'd go there, you know. So for me, it was never East nor Western. It was just like, oh, well, you know, your, your body has now decomp- uh, decompensated to a point where you actually need some help. Um, who can help you? So, yeah, I mean, TCM is something that I grew up with. It's not at all weird. We send, we send so many of our patients to TCM practitioners and I will say everybody comes back really happy and, you know, much healthier, don't they, Sarah? Mm, mm. Definitely. So mm. now that we're in spring, Adele, what do you suggest we do? Well, spring is a fantastic time to begin this process, actually, because spring is part of the cycles of life where we're starting anew. So we're renewing ourselves. And I'll get to the cycles a bit long, a bit later. But first of all, so for spring, what we're doing is we're eliminating what we don't need from our bodies and we're we're detoxing essentially. So pretty much everyone now knows about detoxing and they do detoxing diets and exercise regimes and things. Well, spring is is one of the most important times to do that because in a very regulated and safe way, of course, because spring is when the liver is regenerating itself. So the liver sets the reference for the whole body. So the quality of the blood is determined by the state of the liver, the health of the liver, and the gallbladder, which is its associated organ. So in in TCM, the liver and the gallbladder meridians are paired, and those are the paired paired meridians that belong to the wood element. So in TCM, things have... So the, the, the Chinese names often don't sound very scientific because they're like the wood element and the fire element and the earth element, but they're just a way of expressing the, the energy of that particular element or season. So for spring, it relates to the wood element, which relates to the liver and the gallbladder meridians. Now, it's important that we give those organs a break in spring so that they can refresh and renew and rejuvenate and detox so that then we go into the next season in the healthiest way and it snowballs, hopefully in the right direction if we're doing good things for our liver and our gallbladder. So 
some of the things that we can be specific about for liver and gallbladder and, and helping them to be healthy are to firstly uh, deal with emotions of anger and frustration because those are said to be held in the liver and the gallbladder. So if you have a lot of anger, it will affect the liver and the gallbladder and their function will not be as good. And conversely, if the liver and the gallbladder are not working as well because we have a very heavy, meaty, fatty diet, for example, then that will also generate anger. So you can you can think of it like that stereotype where we have a red-faced, angry person who eats a lot of red meat. It's like it's, there's actually a little bit of truth in that. But it's not to say we can't eat meat. It's just that we need to we need to allow the liver time to regenerate and 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 clean out so at this time in spring eating a clean mostly if not completely plant based diet is a is a really good idea without any processed foods in it uh, or chemicals or um alcohol or anything that's artificial because all of those things, anything that's essentially toxic to the body, has to be dealt with by the liver. The liver has to clean it out and, and process it, metabolize it, make it safe and eliminate it. So we want to give the liver a break from doing all that. And the gallbladder processes, so it produces, it's, it's like the, the sack of bile. The liver produces the bile, it puts it into the gallbladder and the gallbladder puts the bile into the small intestine in the duodenum, which breaks down fats. So if we have a very fatty diet, then it's a it's a burden on the, both the liver and the gallbladder in particular. And that, that can sort of clog it up and it gets unable to function properly. Mm. Um, and the whole thing snowballs. So we want to try to have a low fat diet also in a spring and to focus on the fats that we do have are the healthy oils like olive oil, uh, raw sesame oil, our fish oils for omegas if we're eating fish, those sort of things, and to try to avoid the, the heavy animal-based fats and, and monosaturated or saturated fats, which can be quite a burden on, that, on that, those organs. It's also good to avoid sugar and refined carbs, so like white flour products and sugar um, in general, fruit as well, because any fructose has to be has to be broken down by the liver. So really what the liver wants at this time of year is leafy greens, whole grains that are like brown rice, quinoa, amaranth, buckwheat, that sort of stuff, healthy oils in moderation, and, and low levels of protein, because also the protein has to be broken down by the liver and the gallbladder. So low levels of, of protein, preferably lean, um, plant-based, or maybe some small fish or um, small amounts of meat protein. And those things will really help to lighten the, the whole system, allow the whole system to regenerate. And another really good thing to do is to avoid eating late at night. So the liver, mm. There's a, there's a thing called a Chinese clock where or each of the meridians in the 24 hours of the day and night is at its peak where it's doing most of its work. And for the liver and the gallbladder, it's in the middle of the night. So what we want to do is give them a break so that they we're actually essentially fasting during that time so that they can regenerate in the middle of the night. So if we go to bed early, we eat an early dinner, we haven't eaten for, say, four or five hours before the liver and gallbladder time kicks in around so I think it's 11, it's gallbladder, and then the liver is 1 p.m. I think I'd need to double-check that, but basically the middle of the night. So we want to have 
space from our digestion because if we're digesting food, the liver has to deal with that first, always. If our, if our uh, food has been processed, then only then can the liver regenerate itself. So what we need to do during spring, spring is to give ourselves as much of a break as possible in the night where we can allow the liver to regenerate. So it also helps to, to space out our meals and not snack so that it's just we eat, a, we eat a meal, healthy meal, we wait maybe four hours and then we eat the next meal. So maybe three meals a day or even two, but spacing out and not, not eating in between just to give it a, give it a, give it a rest. So when I was a kid in Malaysia, a lot of these things were imprinted upon us without us knowing. So, you know, my family's Chinese and my grandmother, she was actually illiterate. You know, she she did learn to read or write, but she was taught the rhythms of life um, by her mother in, in China. So different times of the year, they would do different things like what you're suggesting with uh, the different seasons and the detoxing and the herbs, which they would be cooking and boiling. And I grew up, you know, those were the smells I grew up with in, in my backyard. Mm, you know. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah, I know. And uh, we would as kids just take a bowl of this stuff and, and down it without thinking, because that's what just, you know, that's what grandmother gave us, you know, and, um, now, today, we're realizing the science that goes behind it. So we have patients who say to us, well, you know, we don't sleep through. We seem to wake up at one in the morning, you know, or, or two in the morning. Mm -hmm. And when we ask them, so when do you last eat and all that sort of stuff, it all ties in so nicely with what you're talking about. So that the imprint of all this, the science that's been around for thousands of years, um, now in our Western, you know, way, we have some sort of... Um, <laughs> Western language for it, don't we? So I don't know. I think it's really nice how we can use TCM to um, guide us through the the different elements and different seasons. Well, it's a bit um, more innate, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. a bit more going back to our body and actually like what we said in the previous episode, symptoms or feelings or what's going on in our body are just messages to us to change, shift, you know, whatever we're doing. So I think it's nice. Like, I think Chinese medicine is really beautiful at bringing it back down to what the body is actually asking of us and how we can actually assist all of these beautiful physiological processes that are happening in our body that maybe we're a little bit unaware of. And validating those words too, you know, with the, the liver and the gallbladder and the energy and the emotions involved in those organs, mm. which Western medicine is so nervous about, you know, they, they set us off for for you know mental health screenings so there's a drug for that for instance so rather mm. than actually mm, I do feel annoyed or angry or depressed um, or resentful you know what what is that mm. rather than being told that we have um, a mental illness that needs mm. medication so mm. you know now we have got watches that measure our heart rate and heart rate variability <laughs> so there are enough toys around to tell us mm. that we're not functioning <laughs> you know what I mean? We just, you know, so. Yeah. And now we need to know how to function and, and yeah. what to do about it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think science is, it's going to be a little while before this, these sorts of lifestyle factors really are uh, used with, by science to help people. There's, there's a little bit of it there, but I don't think it's, it's approaching anything like what the richness of the, the information that is there. Uh, in mm. TCM, which has been thousands of years mm. of, you know, thousands and thousands of years of um, of experimenting and, and people's experiences. 
Um, scientific method, yeah. And also, we actually like, I think, in all our previous episodes with you, Adele, we've we've spread the fact that you're a scientist, right? That you have a PhD in neuroscience. And in our previous episodes, you actually told us how you came to that area of work to, to now this area of work and also being a Rioho um, yoga instructor and, and the books that you've written and how you help young children get in touch from a young age and acknowledging the, the feelings in their bodies and, and what mm. they, they relate to, you know. So those are all in our previous episodes, which I do urge our um, listeners to go back and, and pick up. But then I was interested in this particular sentence you're saying here in your notes about how does um, how does helping spring also help all the other seasons and cycles? Yeah, so it's, that's a very important part of it. And it, it's, it comes back to what you both just touched on where we fear what's in our body and we have the intuitive sense of what our body needs. And that is actually really what TCM gives us. Mm. If we practice TCM long enough and the idea of, of, of modifying what we eat and how we behave um, and how we think of our body and our behavior and our emotions in terms of holistically, in terms of the whole yearly cycle and, and all the cycles of life, the big ones like daily, yearly, or daily, monthly, yearly, and then chunks of life, then we get more and more in touch with our sense of intuition. And then we don't need nearly as much of the therapy from other from TCM or other doctors. We don't need to know as much because we already know it intuitively, we feel it. And that's where TCM can give us so much because with our Western diet and lifestyle and, and stress levels, we've gone further and further away from feeling what our body needs and or at least acting on it. So often we ignore signals of, of tiredness and fatigue because we have to do the next thing. There's another deadline or we have to get the kids to this activity or go to this meeting or whatever it is. So we get out of whack and that's the way our society lives. And dare I say it, I think COVID's actually helped to rewind that a little bit, get us a bit more back in touch with ourselves and what we need yep. to keep us balanced. Um, but effectively, that's what TCM as a, as a philosophy, as a, as a medicine, that's what it gives us. So coming back to your question about the how does helping in spring, like right now for us, how does that help us with the rest of the seasons and the cycles? So as I said right at the very beginning, spring is the beginning of the cycle. That's where the energy is rising, things are growing. So in spring, the energy is upwards, expanding, and leaves are growing up, leaves are on trees, things are growing. And when we have a clear, clean liver, we have lots of creative ideas and lots of vision. We have all that sort of entrepreneurial stuff that, that goes on in our, in our heads with big visions. That, that is helped and facilitated mostly by the liver energy being clear and clean and if we can we can help that in spring by helping the the physical and the emotional aspects of the liver and gallbladder then it sets us up really well for the next season which is summer where we we go from the growth phase into the the abundance phase or the 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 maturing phase where things like the fruits become round and juicy and succulent and they're ready for eating so we've produced something so in spring it's all about ideas and creativity in summer it's all about producing stuff and making things and then in autumn it's all about 
letting go, getting rid of what we don't need, what didn't work and letting, you know, if some project didn't actually have a good outcome or we need to change our direction, that's the time to do it. And then in winter, that's the time to hibernate, to go to ground essentially, to rest, to rejuvenate, to be quiet and still and allow, allow ourselves that peace and quiet so that when it all starts again in spring, we've got plenty of energy and we can meet that energy with all the enthusiasm that we need and the motivation to take our creative ideas and then continue. And that builds on itself. So if we start really well in spring, this right now, where we are now, wherever that is, and then we, that will help us to be able to be more, more appropriate in the way we behave and what we do in the next season and then the next season and the next season. So the whole thing picks up speed or, or snowballs in the right direction. What's the word? Mm, it's like momentum, yeah. You know, Adele, I think we've got a couple more episodes coming up after this one. <laughs> but I want to just, um, because we're going to wrap in a little while, but um, you do have a very good point here. And because I am old, um, there is something, there's a great point here regarding what may you tell your 20-something-year-old self regarding health. And, <laughs> yeah, and, that's and a... I feel for Sarah, you know, here we go. <laughs> well, it's a really good question. And if I if it was myself personally, I wouldn't have listened. I was mm. like 20, I knew everything. I didn't want to hear. If I, if I, even if I, I, my the inner being went, there's something not right. I just couldn't listen. I just, it was just not, op- not an option. Maybe Sarah and other young people are more open, hopefully, to ideas of, of what's out there. Even though knowing myself, I wouldn't have listened, I would still try just to help because I know there's so much that, that can be done. So what I would say to myself when I was 20 was that is that whatever I, I'm doing at the time right now, that has a negative impact on my body. So anything that's not helpful for my body will come back to bite me at some point. And that the longer I ignore those signals from my body, that intuition and that little voice saying, not so good idea, then the worse the consequences are going to be. And I wore that because I didn't listen when I was 20 and and I didn't know, well, I didn't have the information either, uh, but I probably wouldn't have listened if I did. And then I got chronic fatigue and, you know, basically a whole body meltdown for a while there. And that's what I've had to come out of through yoga and meditation and TCM and diet and all the rest of it. So maybe I could have staved, I could have staved that off if I'd in my twenties gone, Hmm, this isn't really working for me. What can I do? And what I'd also say was to try to find a good TCM doctor and to go regularly, follow their advice for lifestyle and their treatments as best I can, because they have thousands of years of preventative medicine behind them. So they know what they're talking about. And then learn from what they say, learn, understand my body and and learn how to optimize my own personal body mind because everybody's different, right? So it's, it's something that we can and need to, I think, learn to understand for ourselves through experience. I'd also say start working through my childhood traumas sooner <laughs> through yoga and meditation and the help of other practitioners. And, but most importantly, also be forgiving of myself because, or whoever's listening for yourself, because you can't change what you don't know. And we only know as best as what our environment gives us at the time, but that we will understand more with time and and life experience and hindsight. And it's, we just have to start where we're at. So 
you know, maybe we've already, maybe we're already in our 40s like me and we're like, mm, could have done things differently. So it's time to be forgiving and say, yeah, with my 20s, I wasn't ready to hear this stuff, but now I am. So whether you're 20 or whether you're 60 or 80 or whatever, it's important just to start where we're at, whatever age we are, and and just apply the best that we can find out from science and, and Eastern medicine to our situation now to learn about ourselves. So I don't think I'd have listened when I was 20, but there you go. <laughs> That's mm. what I'll try and say. <laughs> I think we're coming up to your three little things soon, but I feel that our next episode with you might be with um, be with epigenetics in conception because people seem to need to hear how to make well, the best out of each pregnancy. So we'll park that discussion for next time. So your three little mm. things, Adele. Mm. Fascinating topic. Uh, yes. So three little things. So number one is to look after your liver and gallbladder. So if you're in spring right now, that's the time, but all the time, all year round is is still good to look after liver and gallbladder. Basically, don't eat too late, have healthy whole foods, uh, deal with emotions of anger and frustration, whether that's current or past. And I forgot to mention this before, do lots of, in yoga, we do twists for the liver, any sort of twists at all. And you can just do you know, a minute, standing at the kitchen bench, do a twist mm. of your upper body or your arms or whatever. Doesn't have to be a hundred, you know, like an hour on the mat and do side stretches for gallbladder. So twists and side stretches, they're the, they're the movements that we need in spring that will make things a lot better and will help the liver function a lot better. Hmm. Uh, number two, so second little thing is to enjoy your creativity, your, your inner visions, your imagination, and to exercise it regularly. So allow yourself to daydream, allow yourself to meditate and have great big grand visions and try not to feel... Um, like you have to do it all because that's a trap that I fall into easily when I have these amazing projects ideas and I'm thinking, oh, I've really got to do that. So that's a great thing to have that idea and those ideas, but feel like you've got time to implement them. Maybe it's not this year, maybe it's next year, mm. but, but enjoy that process and encourage that process in yourself because that is also a skill. It's a, it's a practical thing that we can develop is that that vision and creativity. So people who say, I'm not creative, well, it's not actually necessarily true. It's just that they haven't developed it in themselves. And number three is to learn about the cycles of the, the seasons and the, the elements. So whether that's the daily cycle, the monthly cycle, the annual cycle or cycles of life, because all of these help us to understand ourselves better and to optimize our lifestyles so that we can live in the best way we can for our own individual needs, whatever that might be. And it'll be different for everyone. And that's another really, by the way, good thing about TCM. It's it's very individual, but it looks very much at the person, how that person is right then and there and their history, which shows in your body and, and, and helps you move forward mm. by understanding yourself. I always feel like just had a therapy session after speaking <laughs> with you, Adele. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a good one that is <laughs> hopefully yeah. yeah no great amazing well thank you so much Adele. i know our listeners are gonna love these episodes and like lily mentioned there will be many more to come i'm sure um so we will put everything that you've mentioned in the show notes all of those beautiful um, papers that you listed your details of course and we'll link everyone back to your previous episodes as well um but yeah i look forward to many more episodes to come Thanks, great Adele. thank you sarah thank you lily it's been a real pleasure as always 
A quick disclaimer, these episodes are not intended to replace help, treatment or advice from your healthcare professionals. The information in today's podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not designed to diagnose or treat any conditions. This is just a friendly reminder that we do not know you or your child or those around you and therefore do not know your specific needs. Please seek guidance from your healthcare professionals surrounding your concerns.